Hello and welcome back to hopefully one of the happiest episodes um, of the Quacked Out podcast ever recorded. Uh, I'm Charlie Folkstead, joined by Reed Tingley. Um, <laughs> as, as I was mentioning right before the show, Reed, uh, it doesn't necessarily feel like real, I guess. Um, similar to a lot of people, I think, from the moment I woke up until the moment the game ended, I was like still somehow convinced that like we were gonna blow it. Um, well, and blow it isn't even right. Like I was just stunned by the like absurd amount of dominance we had on the field. Like, I mean, with all the guys we had out and like getting that blow early in the day, it just seemed like we were destined to lose. I don't know. And I mean, that sounds bad, but like, that's the way it was, you know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, we were, we were 14 and a half point dogs back when flow was still projected to play (laughs) and cave was like a 60 40 to play it seemed like yeah yeah and yeah it's unreal (laughs) like it it was a slow death uh for the buckeyes and like i don't know i'm i'm looking at one of those like win probability charts right now and it's just like a steady grad it's a gradual like organ graph like literally that i mean that first drive of the third quarter is when it finally actually flips to Oregon as more likely to win. And I mean, even then, like, I don't know. I, again, even at the end, like even after the, the Verone interception, I was kind of like, man, if they just get one more possession, cause like, as again, the scouting report on these guys is like, just one play is all they need to bust it open. Um, Yeah, exactly. So I was, I don't know about you, but I was just sweating this entire game. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh man. I was the entire game. I just kept kind of every commercial break. I was just trying to just stay calm. Just tell myself, don't have any expectations. (laughs) Don't, don't accept the victory. Don't like a lot could still happen. It felt like at any moment because of how explosive Ohio state is. But yeah, I, it's. I just don't even. It's so tough to <laughs> even put into words how surreal this feels to actually. I mean, it's fucking Ohio State. Yeah, this is Ohio State and Alabama are the two biggest brands in the entire sport. Mm-hmm. Maybe and, maybe. Maybe Texas, but this isn't maybe Texas. Yeah, pick. right. Yeah. Right. Currently right. losing to Arkansas, but yeah. winning <laughs> at the horseshoe, like huge. You can't overstate that, just, that. Nobody does that. Yeah, man. I mean, Oregon, Oregon being able to do that is just, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of big wins in this program's history, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. I mean, beating Florida State in the Rose Bowl was a moment. Mm-hmm. probably you know maybe bigger than this i mean it wasn't a playoff but it's a similar thing where like that is a just a result you don't have to explain any context if yeah. you win in the horseshoe versus a number three ranked ohio state team that's it and then 
the con I mean, and then the context even adds to the fact that, you know, the best defensive player in the country, arguably, is out. The yeah. leading tackler tackler from last week is out. Yep. On Oregon. You yeah. think that we'd be <laughs> saying on Ohio State. No, on Oregon, those players are out. And somehow Oregon still won and they led from wire to wire. Yep. Really? It, yep. It didn't feel like it was a fluke. I mean, it you know, it was a hard fought game. It certainly could have gone either way. And the, the, the teams were closely matched, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like an upset the entire time exactly. Um, it, it just felt like Oregon came to play. Mm-hmm. And- we literally, yeah. I mean, we were just more motivated. We made the bigger plays. And, I mean, we Ohio State didn't have any big plays. Exactly. We, <laughs> we just made them the – they're all I mean Alave and Wilson are going to beat you for 15 yard gains yes a yes. lot of the time and we they did that versus Oregon but that we were determined to make that be all that they did they they were not going to get any big highlight plays on us our offense under Anthony Brown you know or didn't make any big mistakes they they mm-hmm. had a lot of big time drives 99 yards on that second drive yeah that that is just huge that and the verdell uh touchdown to start the second half and like you know exactly we had momentum going into the second half but i mean that's a very it's a very normal time for momentum to reset and we totally just grabbed this game uh by but the they, throat <laughs> so many i mean we know the story like we remember that that's not to bring up the bad times in this moment but <laughs> that stanford game in 2018 when yep. we came out and played big time and then you know literally just dropped the ball cooped it yeah yeah and same the, thing and with auburn yeah same thing exactly what i was going to say same thing with auburn you know, yeah, it man. wasn't that we haven't seen Oregon come out and play well in big moments ever or look like they have the potential to do it, but to have the poise to finish mm-hmm. a game like this, mm-hmm. you know, there are moments where I was watching it and, I, you know, when Ohio State scored that last one to cut it to seven and Oregon punted the ball back, yeah, you were ready for the headline to be, you know, Oregon <sighs> – the upstart mistakes this, cost ducks yeah <laughs> yeah you know and the ohio state kind of playoff experience shines through that's what championships teams do they just stay with it and win but oregon didn't let them get that last drive and it could have they easily could have folded in that moment yeah dude the defense was huge and i mean that i want to talk about the um you mentioned like that towards the end. I mean, I mean, usually we do like a right more uh, chronological timeline here, but we're bouncing around. But who who really cares? This was all in the morning, anyways. Um, you mentioned like when we punt it back to them, right? Remember how that drive ended? We had second and six. Red drops a first down pass, just drops it, and that wasn't yeah. our first important drop of the game either. Um, yeah, straight up drops the pass, 
second and six, all of a sudden become like a literally already converted second and six becomes third and six. A penalty makes it <laughs> third and 11 or whatever. And I mean, the crowd just took over from there and killed our drive. Um, yeah. Like that. <laughs> that it felt like another collapse. Ready. <laughs> to, yeah. That crowd was ready to end it there. Oh yeah. For sure. They wanted, they smelled blood. And I mean, we, <laughs> we certainly didn't look the part um, on that drive down the stretch, but again, it's the little things like if, red catches that ball then we likely just kind of run it out and end the game um maybe not run out the entire clock but you know right there like just march down the field end the game um yeah i mean these oregon drives weren't flukes by any by any means no not at all (laughs) yeah um Um, this offense i (laughs) real quick i have a lot of faith in what this offense can do going forward but we'll get into the rest of the season later on uh Please keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the big one that people are going to look at, too, is is right before that half, right before the half, Oregon basically has arguably a touchdown taken off the board. Maybe it would have been three points, but Oregon is right there. They complete that big pass over in the middle yep. to, uh, to Micah Pittman to put them like 10 yards from scoring, and then it's called back due to an absolute horrible phantom uh, yes, holding call on yeah. Ferguson. Yeah. And with the way the Oregon offense was looking, I don't think Ohio State was stopping Oregon there 10 yards from scoring. I mean, they did the same thing every time. We, Cordell, we were four for four in the red zone. <laughs> exactly. Um, and th- that was a big blow on that call. That was just a – it was such a bad call. It was terrible. You know, man. Terrible. I mean, yeah, it's just – it was – ridiculous it wasn't close to a to a holding call there was it wasn't a 50 50 call there wasn't anything there really no. there was just a somewhat awkward exchange where that where ferguson was like the one getting dragged yeah <laughs> yeah exactly really where yeah exactly really where the the pass rusher got his arm hooked on ferguson's jersey or something like that um or was even pulling ferguson but Ferguson didn't do anything at all um, to warrant that call. And it was, it was a scary call to face for the Ducks because going up two possessions at halftime would have been a big Oh, yeah. Big I mean, thing even, for Oregon. Even so, yeah. I mean, if you would have <laughs> – you could say this next phrase about pretty much anything from this game, but if you would have told me um, – <laughs> That we, <laughs> that we could be receiving the ball in the second half with a touchdown lead. Um, yeah, you take that 100 times out of 100. Like, well, obviously. But, like, I mean, the defense, man. What? Okay, we were kind of talking about offense, so let me finish my point there. Um, every single time – Ohio State scored a touchdown, except for their last one. We answered with the next drive. Um, The first, obviously, like, let's just get into some of these drives here. Like, the first touchdown drive, the first score of the game was a 99-yard drive that we got done in 10 plays. What? (laughs) Um, And there were no single plays on that drive bigger than – 
20 yards. Yep. How is it possible? <laughs> die runs for four. Die runs for eight. Devin Williams for 19. Die for 10 more. Uh, die loses a yard. We're at second 11. Incomplete. Third and 11. Complete to CJ for 20 yards. <laughs> CJ runs for seven yards. Brown runs for 18 yards. Verdell for 14 yards. Touchdown. Um, that, <laughs> that's, that's a scheming scheming masterclass by Joe Moorhead. Um, and it's something that I don't know enough about yet in football to like tell you specifically what exactly he did right um, on each play or even generally. I mean, I heard, I, I don't know if you saw that Nick Aliotti clip uh, after the game, but no, I didn't. He said, I mean, it was only like 30 seconds long, but he mentioned like uh, Moorhead did a great job. He specifically mentioned Moorhead doing a great job of attacking the cover one of Ohio State. Uh, so for anyone looking for that kind of info, there you go. Um, again, I cannot wait for the rewatch on this uh, with uh, QB11. So um, I, I'm really interested to see kind of some more granular details about this game. But again, just going back to Moorhead and like these drives, I mean, like in, in the second quarter, right? We open it up, or sorry, in the second half, we open it up with that three-play touchdown drive with Verdell up the middle. Oh, my God. They punched Verdell's... back immediately. Yeah. Like they, it, it took seven plays for them to go 75 yards, and then we did the literal exact same thing, seven plays after yep. 75 in 75 yards like then we forced the turnover on downs which was nuts because that i think was without checking the entire thing i think that was their longest drive of the game um from a play standpoint uh and maybe a time standpoint too it was 11 plays they went 67 yards um and it ended obviously in the back of the end zone where if we're being honest like a lot of fucking I've been watching a lot of soccer lately. I'm a soccer guy. Like that's a textbook flop right there. Um, Absolutely. He throws his hands up while the ball's in the air and just tries to lean back into DJ James, I think on the coverage there, but it's, yeah, that's, yeah. It's one of those where like for a bailout there. Absolutely. hundred percent. And it's one of those where like uh, in, in Twitter arguments, like Ohio state fans are talking about, Oh, like how can you not call that a PI or whatever? And it's like, someone just posted the clip underneath it. And like, that was the end of the story. Like if you really watch it, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious. That's a great no call. You um, don't, you, you don't give PIs when, when guys are just looking to get a pass interference call. Exactly. Too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if anything, like a was defending uh, that pass against, I, who was it? Was it? Uh, I think it was James? DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, you know, we have a lot of kudos to give. It starts with, well, maybe not starts, but uh, James and Hill are included in that. Um, obviously, James got a lot of rotations at corner. I think I saw Hill. I only noticed Hill on like a handful of plays um, yep. towards the end of the game. But uh, he, he was out there. He was on the like, kickoff team as well. Yeah, it um, seems like Bennett Williams was playing so solid that. Yeah, man. Williams yeah. was amazing. Williams and McKinley both like attacking the box. I mean, the safeties, if anything, like won this game for us. Um, yeah. Like McKinley, those two man. guys alone. Dude, he was he had so a few good. just coming in, laying the boom. 
Yeah. And like to have the, I mean, the, the mental stability to, I mean, obviously as a safety in this game, like again, the entire defensive game plan was allow nothing over the top, but to know when to go, no one to hold back. Like it was just perfect. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it really was just a beautiful game by McKinley, especially. I mean, Stevens played well, Williams played well. Um, Stevens obviously had that one he was burned on for the touchdown, but in general, like yeah. you said, I mean, the o- Oregon's front, first of all, without Kayvon, without flow, massive, massive, came up early. And, and even though they didn't bring it, you know, heavy in the pass rush, they pretty much made it that so that Ohio State couldn't run the ball effectively on Oregon, yep, at exactly. least not con- yeah. at least not consistently. Um, you know, I mean, they, they rattled off some gains on Oregon for sure, but it, they weren't going to just chunk their way down the field on the ground. They had to pass. Um, yep. and boy, did they, I mean, CJ oh, Stroud, yeah. 54 <laughs> attempts and yep. people are going to look at that 484 yardage mark and three and touchdowns. Yeah. They might have something to say about that, but that was just you know, what the game plan was for Oregon, and it worked out. They said, we're going to let him get, you know, 10 yards, 15 yards on a lot of these completions potentially. I mean, not make it easy, but there's going to be a pass to make a lot of those times. But he's going to have to go down and do that three drives in a row and not make mistakes. Exactly. I mean, the kind of cliche, like, uh, descriptor we kept hearing about it was make him beat you. Um, exactly. And we dared him to. And let's let's not forget, like, there were at least four, maybe five, if I'm trying to remember, uh, at least four or five balls that with a, you know, top-tier college quarterback are touchdowns, perhaps, uh, over yeah. the top of us. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not, like, to discredit the defense. I mean, that was the game plan. It's like, and, and make yes, them beat us it. deep. Like and yes, with a top tier quarterback, they are, but also not that many of those exist in college football. Exactly, especially yeah, not this yeah. year. I mean, oh, Stroud is a good year, quarterback. Dude. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be really good coming up. Yeah, yeah. He's a good quarterback. He's going to be even better. And he didn't play bad today, but we just said you're going to have to really be great, kind of flawlessly execute in order mm-hmm. to score consistently on us otherwise these drives are going to stall out and he wasn't able to do that and who is in college right now maybe Bryce Young looks I, like he could be able to that's who I was thinking I mean maybe a more experienced guy like Howell on a good day can make some of those throws uh yeah I mean maybe like Rattler I don't trust to do that like yeah, yeah. exactly I mean this year this is a game plan that we can use quite a bit I think yeah. obviously like I don't, I don't want to get into future stuff right now at all. Um, but the, so let, let me just like mention some dudes on defense today. We talked about Bennett Williams. Uh, we talked about Verone McKinley, Braden Swinson coming off the edge had the, or one of two sacks in the entire game. Um, and yeah. boy, boy, was it an important one? Um, yes. Mikhail Wright led the team in tackles with 10. Uh, I don't even really have to mention Noah Sewell, because we all saw what he did. Um, he was the man that out there. I mean, there were how the sad thing at the start of this game for me was you're watching how this defense held up 
And my thing was, you can just see the bones of this defense are so solid. Yeah, yeah. But Oregon really has three or four guys that put that defense into supercharge mode. And that's yeah. Kayvon, Flo, Sewell, and maybe uh, right, Mikhail Wright, you know, are the guys yeah, who yeah. are special impact players. The rest of them were doing a phenomenal job of just holding their own. Exactly. But ultimately – you know, where this defense really is supposed to go is all these dudes do their part. And then fucking first round for number one or top five NFL draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau comes off the edge and just destroys someone in a one-on-one and forces a fumble or Flo or Sewell do something like that. And today Sewell was kind of the lone man out there where you said that dude is special. Yes. The rest of these yeah. guys are playing great football, but Sewell was the guy who the only guy out there for the Oregon defense, it felt like, who just popped off the screen and was always there to make big plays. He had that big fourth down stop, I think. Um, yep. Yeah. Just totally and stopped he was just there uh, all day. Brian Williams. Yeah. Um, Steve Stevens, we kind of mentioned he had seven tackles. That's, and make no mistake, every single tackle against Ohio State is important because every single time you are tackling, either (laughs) I mean do I need to go through the names my like no matter who you're tackling you're tackling someone who had a huge game against Minnesota or who could spring for a touchdown um whether it was Wilson or Olave or Williams or Henderson or I don't think Tate did Tate even get like any carries today uh no he didn't get it I didn't see him at all um anyways or it was Stroud or it was Smith and Jigba or it was Rucker like I mean, I pretty much just named everybody, but like they could, I mean, I think it was Richard Johnson on split zone duo last week who said uh, people forget that, or like week one was a reminder that football is about two things, blocking and tackling. Um, (laughs) Today we were the better blocking and tackling team. That's true. Yeah. Uh, DJ Johnson real quick, bro. Like, legendary performance i'm sorry even though he had like one catch and one tackle he had the most arguably one of the like the most important catch and the most important tackle (laughs) in the entire game um obviously he gets the sack at the end and uh he had that third down conversion just before him um even guys like just keith brown dude keith brown looks like a stud man like okay he didn't look like a stud i shouldn't say that he looks like someone who will be a stud when we play in the Pac-12. But just like, to go out, just to go out there and just eat up snaps in such a tough position. Yeah, I mean, especially for Brown, like for it's a true all, freshman, like, man. He's true yeah, fucking freshman from he, Lebanon, he's a true Oregon. Freshman and, and he didn't play at modern day. No, he played no. in fucking Lebanon. He played which, it like a four A Oregon. School. Yeah, no disrespect gonna, to Lebanon, but like, right. He's the biggest recruit to probably ever come out of Lebanon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Like, the gap from that as a true freshman to playing in the shoe, like, and to go out there and say you're going to have a, you know, starting role, basically, and mm-hmm. have to eat up a bunch of snaps versus Ohio State. And yeah. he did it. And, I know? mean, it's the, it's the little things that I'm really excited to see on a rewatch is, like, because again, from what smarter people than I have told me is like, we hit our gaps, our linebackers hit our gaps and there's yep. like, those are the major differences in a game like this. Um, yep. 
Uh, some more guys I have to mention. The entire defensive line, I mean, gets kudos, obviously. The entire team does, but, I mean, we got to go one by one here. Uh, Ware Hudson and Popo Mave and Brandon Dorless and uh, Christian Williams, like, all didn't have, like, a, I mean, they obviously, like, didn't fill the stat sheet, but they and they didn't get sacks and they didn't get consistent pressure. But I mean, they just ate up blocks in the middle. And at the end of the day, if Ohio state could have run the ball on us, we would have been screwed. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they ended up with 128 rushing yards, 128 rushing yards. Okay. Like exactly. <laughs> and like those, they, exactly. they didn't even have a chance to get the, I mean, who knows? I don't, I haven't investigated this much. I don't know what the deal is. In Master Tag. I, maybe they just, I guess they just put more stock in mine Williams and Henderson yeah. and your, your boy Henderson, but like, I mean, they just ate up blocks, you know, got hands on guys. Williams was in there on the fourth down stop with Sewell. Um, Dorless had like one pressure at least on Stroud. And he had like, I want to say he was also involved in the final sack or he, he literally did sack Stroud. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but I call. mean, it's a game of inches and sometimes less than that. Um, sometimes negative inches, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the sort of one where like, you know, you put on, if I put on my neutral hat, it's like, you can't really overturn that. Um, obviously yeah. we're talking about like the end of the game where it was a sack, but like, wasn't a sack. And then we just sacked him anyways. Um, uh, who else? Oh, dude, Nate in the middle, man. Yeah. Nate Hekulani, whose name I still don't even know how to say, who again is like another like Oregon kid. Uh, I want to say he went to like Tigard or something. Um, just had a monster game in the middle. I mean, Adrian Jackson worked his ass off. Uh, Trekwise Bridges had at least one breakup and probably I, I think he had something else but even so it's like there's a lot of ones and twos in this tackles column and like those are the type of plays that make such a big difference against a team like this um, yeah, yeah just maybe you only so get many, one tackle a game but like it's gonna be an important one so every many time. so many guys in that front seven who just you know the unit was without their superstars, except for Sewell, like we said. And those guys just came out there and were determined, each of them, on the snaps that they were in just to not get beat, you know? They, they didn't blow things up. They didn't, get a, they didn't get a sack, a bunch of sacks or anything, but they were not going to be pushed off of their spot. They were going to grind every single snap they had to stay in it, to not let Ohio State establish the run, to at least, you know, get some pressure on Stroud, at least kind of make there be a, a clock for him, even when mm -hmm. they were deep in their snap counts and, you know, had been had, had even if the offense had just had a short drive or something, they just went back out there and they didn't, they didn't let themselves break the entire time. They didn't let Henderson get going with a huge run like Mayan Williams 21 yards was was the big one mm -hmm. Alave had a 41 yard catch everything else under 30 yards that was the big recipe for success was limiting those explosive plays and a lot of that started up front just by not not letting any breakdown happen you know and that's a mm -hmm. lot of 
physical and mental endurance that it takes to come every single snap and just fight for it, you know, yeah. believe, believe that they could win even without their best players. And for me, I think that started with that first drive for Ohio state. I mean, again, this wasn't a fluke, but just that, you know, it seemed like, I don't know when, how much the team knew about the injury situation, but for the fans, for us watching, it, it was a pretty rough morning before yeah. this game kicked off. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and it would have been easy if Ohio State had marched down the field to kind of toss our, your hands up and say, you know, that was enough. But Ohio State, you know, gets get we get a big stop on on Mayan Williams on a second down, forced to third and seven, and mm-hmm. then in completion, fourth and seven, Ohio State goes for it. Kind of it's not a bad call, but fourth and seven is pushing it. Is you know, some of the modern numbers suggest that that's a good a good spot to go for it in, but most coaches are more conservative than that. And, and most guys punted there. They went for it kind of just trying to make a statement and Oregon stood up and stopped him. And I think that gave this unit a lot of confidence after, like we said, I mean, that whole morning, you know, mm-hmm. it was cave on and flow and street clothes. And obviously these guys aren't, aren't watching the game day crew, but you know, from our perspective, game day and Fox just kind of, Oh, it was it it was Ohio State's day. This was their day and it was their game and it was their chance to remind everybody that they were Ohio State and that we weren't. Um, yeah. It, and it, it, the attitude was literally like why even play the game at this point. Yeah. It, yeah. Everyone thought that Ohio State was coming in to win by 20 or more. Mhm. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the attitude before the game for neutrals was like, oh, thank God I got them at 14 and a half. Like, it's probably going to go up now. I don't know if it did before kickoff, probably not. But um, real quick, back to that first drive you were talking about. Um, what <laughs> I, I'm going to pat myself on the back here uh, because I was the only person to talk about kicking um, before this game. Was the only one foolish enough to talk about kicking. And yes, I know there were no field goals in this game. I know there were no field goal attempts in this game. Uh, what yard line was Ohio State on when they went for it on fourth and seven to start the game? The 31. 31 yard line. So if if they're kicking a field goal from there and you add 17 to 31, that's 48, right? Yep. That's a makeable field goal for a good kicker. I yep. told you Ohio State has a bad kicker, or maybe not bad, but somebody they don't trust to kick important field goals. I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, <laughs> uh, Granted, I was not hoping that we would kick the ball either um, because Cam was out there, but I don't, I don't even really care at this point. Um, but yeah, dude, like, again, that's a spot where like, a, I don't know if, if you don't have a college kicker, like you're, you're probably just getting the three there. And Ohio State probably feels a lot less shocked about uh, their performance. But we didn't even score right after that. We, we had to punt on our first drive, um, like we mentioned. And then we, our defense came back out. And I was wrong earlier when I said that 11-yard uh, drive was the – or 11-play drive was the longest for Ohio State. There was a 12-play drive. It was their second of the game. Um, 
They face a third and two. They run it with Williams, and they get the first down. They face a third and five. Stroud scrambles for 15 yards for a first down. And Dante Manning had the uh, the personal foul on that play as well. Um, then they get it down to third and 11, incomplete pass. Fourth and 11, they have to punt. They pin us inside the one, and that's when we go 99 yards. So it's like that and right it- there is cr- so crucial in the game. Um, yeah. Because after Manning commits that penalty and, and Stroud runs for 15 yards on third and five, like, I mean, if they break a big play there, total, they have all the momentum in the world, right? I mean, even if they just keep grinding us down and end up scoring on that drive, like, that's all momentum for them. Um, but, yeah, man, we held our own, and I was just proud of literally every single player that stepped on the field today. Um, yeah. Mace yeah, Food was someone I didn't mention defensively. It, he's like hurt, right? Using a boot after the game. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know what his deal is, but it, yeah, we'll we'll see about that. I don't I don't even care to speculate at this point after this week that we've been through. Um, I would, by the way, like to admit that I was wrong. Or I mean, I was I was very skeptical about this blow news um, because it was so under wraps. Uh, well, not even under wraps. It was that there literally was no genuine news. Um, it took me learning last night from a certain person who was very close inside the program to actually accept that he was in a boot and would not be playing. Um, kind of same for Kayvon, honestly. Like, I, I don't know. I was still holding on hope that he would play. Um, in hindsight, it's hard to... I don't know. It's really hard to justify like how I was thinking and feeling before this game started. Um, Because again, like there was just no logical logical way to like predict an Oregon victory. Um, If you were being brutally honest with yourself and if you were going off of what we had seen between these two teams, and if you were going to accept the fact that like Flo and KT were out, like I, I didn't pay attention to attend the people's predictions, but I'm willing to assume that like 90% of the people who predicted Oregon to win included KT playing in that scenario. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'll say like, like my, you know, my thoughts before the game I had, I had 31, 20 Ohio state, I think was what I said on the podcast. Um, And I felt confident that Oregon's defense given at that time I thought that they would be healthier um, was going to be able to hang with Ohio state. I thought that a lot of people's prediction about this being a shootout played in the forties or fifties was wrong. Um, But the Oregon offense was a big question mark for me. And I didn't think that they were going to, like we said, we had some, I don't know the, the, our, our analysis after Fresno State, or at least I'll speak for myself, was kind of that there were a lot of problems that contributed to the offense being a bit questionable there. Brown had some inaccuracies. The play calling was conservative. The offensive line was not great either. Um, and so it felt like a lot for that all to come together in just a week span. But But we also didn't feel like there was one area for Oregon that was by in isolation impossible to overcome. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that Brown, 
I, I didn't think Brown was a totally ineffective quarterback going into this. And I said that on the podcast, the Oregon O-line I thought was what I was most worried about, but you know, we'd we've seen them play well before and they played damn well today, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of play calling, you know, we thought that the game plan was too conservative versus Fresno state, but I always knew, you know, Moorhead was a good play caller if he got the reins and, and if hey, Oregon was you, able to execute you successfully it. identified um, probably maybe the biggest key to this game was Moorhead uh, right. having that experience against Ohio State. And yeah, it, obviously it's with a different team. It's with a different like time and players and stuff like that. I mean, at the end of the day, he, 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 we just flat out out coached them uh, top but, to bottom. I think it's safe to say on man, both sides of the ball. Man, could you feel that in comparison to that Auburn game we played two years ago? Oh, yeah. That oh, difference, yeah. just going in that second half, the difference between having Moorhead now and, and what Arroyo was back then, just the scheming, the schematics of this game were at a high level, and Moorhead was there to, mm-hmm. to make the call and to, be, to play that chess game the entire way. And he took over, you know, he, he came up with big play calls in the biggest spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so did Deruder. Deruder. Oh again, yeah, dude. It was a little less uh, flashy at times. I mean, or Ohio state got theirs uh, in terms of yardage at least, but Deruder was always mixing things up with a, you know, hobbled front and finding a way to confuse Stroud enough to just get those moments that disrupted the Ohio State attack. And Ohio State had plenty of spots where they could have stumbled even more. You know, that that mm-hmm. fourth down, I think it was uh, – well, the fourth and sixth that Smith and Jigba scored on on the crossing route was, mm-hmm. was one thing there. Um, and then there was another fourth and three that they almost – that they had to pass on again because they couldn't run against the Oregon front the drive before that. Um, that was, you know, Garrett Wilson just got o- open because he's Garrett Wilson. He's one yeah, of the yeah. five best receivers in the country. But those were tough spots in in situations where Ohio State had no margin for error. And they had they credit mm-hmm. to them for executing on those two plays. But it wasn't like Ohio State just kind of hopped and skipped down the field there. No, uh, definitely not. And I mean, like you're saying with Deruder, like there were only maybe like two or three plays all game where I was like, Deruder, why would you call that? Like there, or, you know, like I disagree that you brought the blitz here. Like I, you know, I think you should have been more conservative or something. Um, Cause again, we didn't really get to the, to, to CJ Stroud all day, but um, yeah, man, I, I, think that again on rewatch like we're gonna learn a lot about how to manage a football game because that's really what happened here again we never trailed in this game like it pretty much just oscillated between a 14 and seven point lead the entire game um and yeah again we can't stress enough like this defense yes they allowed a ton of yards but like if you watch the game you understand that's the game plan it's like let you can throw it underneath all day because guess what by the end of the game when you really desperately need to score if you're Ohio State like okay we'll still give you those same underneath routes you've been getting all day like yeah you can have that 
Um, and again, they put, continuing from what we said earlier, like they put the game, we made them put the game in Stroud's hands and he fucked up, man. He made the terrible throw at the end to McKinley. Like, right. The game plan worked. Right. Um, and, and even though Oregon, you know, even though McKinley got that interception, I think it, what was so impressive today was that people going into the game, especially after those injuries broke, so much of the discussion around this game was Oregon needs to win the turnover battle by two or more. You know, yeah. it felt like we needed a yeah. few big turnovers. And that and we were just turnover, waiting on it. Waiting right. on it all game, you know. And they got, you know, even though they got that one at the end, it was on a third and 18, too, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. Oregon got it, and it was a big play, but they also didn't need it, probably. It was going to be a fourth and 18 if yeah. if Verone drops that anyways. Um, yeah, so man. it wasn't like Oregon had to get, you know, that big pick six on a fluke player or that, you know, a fumble to – where the ball bounced their way two or three times like happened in the national title game against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just to shout that out, you know, Oregon didn't ha- didn't require those big plays. Um, yeah, it was, and a, I mean, it was a straight up game. And the game, again, so many people talk about the pass offense in, in modern college football, college football. And it is a big deal. And I think this Ohio State de- team, based on their receiver core and the fact that I project Stroud to get only better throughout this throughout the season i think they're going to be successful against a lot of the big 10 but football still the running game is so essential to the game of football where you know when you need those yards nothing is as dependable as giving your running just handing the ball to a running back and being able to push for four or five yards there's more more and Nothing can replace that in football. And Any pass what, like, can be short-armed. And, you know, so many things go yeah, wrong. And, yeah. and Ohio State could never do that against Oregon. The I thought it was interesting that um, when they finally started getting success running the ball, it was quite literally just too late in the game. Um, again, this comes down to game management. And, like, I don't know about you, but I had my eye on the clock this entire game. Sometimes you lose it, you know. Um, but I was like counting possessions, like thinking of the clock the entire time, even before like the fourth quarter at some points. Um, and I mean, they did have success running the ball again, late in the game. Um, but by then it was like, I want to say it was around the eight, nine minute mark, um, where they, it was getting to where they desperately needed to score points. Um, and you could tell that they they felt more comfortable just calling pass plays. 54 of them, in fact. <laughs> um, or yeah. I guess a couple more because a couple sacks. But, um, yeah, man, again, props to these linebackers big time. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what Keith Brown can do in the future. Uh, even, I mean, guys like uh, – well, the entire defensive line. I don't, I don't need to rename everybody. Um, even Jason <laughs> Jones, Jabril McNeil got a couple snaps. Like, I mean, they just, we just controlled this game again. It, it always felt like we were going to have to do something stupid to lose it. And there were a couple times where it did feel like 
we did something stupid enough to lose it. Again, I referenced that red drop. Um, I don't remember who it was him or somebody else who had the drop on like a drive before. Um, John, Johnny Johnson had a huge Johnson, drop yes, that yeah. was then we scored two plays later anyways. But it yeah. in the moment that he dropped it, it felt absolutely huge. Yeah, we had at least like three drops during this game. And Red, like obviously Jalen Red is like Oregon borderline legend. I mean, by the time he's done, but like, dude, that is a huge spot to have a drop. Um, yeah. I already explained that entire like what happened on that sequence. Like, um, but again, the defense was just there. I mean, <laughs> they made the plays they need to make to win the game. And um, something I wanted to mention is this is we kind of have a blueprint now for how Mario manages and wins games in a lot of ways. This reminded me a lot of uh, the UW game from a couple of years ago, which I think is kind of Cristobal's yeah. only other, like that and the Pac-12 championship games are the only other like big wins in the Rose bowl, obviously. Um, yeah. But regular season wise, I mean, it's, it's Ohio, this game and that UW game was the big win for us. Um, well, the, the which UW game 2018 or 19 in Seattle that was 19 yeah um, yeah because 18 is a big one too but it's yeah, yeah right. true but yeah it's a little bit different um right this I mean in eight in 19 like think about it right I mean yeah we were trailing in that game at one point but I mean how did we win that game if you think about it to me it's always running and defense um yeah. And that was when we had Justin Herbert, man. Uh, and, but and no, also, it was the running. It was the scheme. It was good play calling. I mean, for all the crap Arroyo got, like, that was a great play calling game. I mean, I, the, the Micah Pittman touchdown immediately comes to mind. Um, and all – and the endurance, Red. too. Just – Yeah, like they had bite. Too. I mean, yeah, just the ability to stay with – just keep fighting. I mean, it, so many times it felt like – especially with how weak this defense was, like they could have just fallen over. I thought they might, honestly, as that fourth quarter came oh, down yeah. and, yeah, and the offense punted the ball back. I think and it was just be not foolish like not this. to like, yeah. feel that, that Ohio State had a good chance to score there, it looked like. But they just stepped up again and made another play, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they just were – refused to kind of give up and ever let Ohio State have an easy score you know ever let them just get that one play 60 yards to Alave or Wilson which they can do on anyone mm -hmm. but Oregon yeah. just didn't let it happen today yeah man um again the we just choked them out and like no matter how much they fought back and no matter how much they like spat and it at us and like clotted us like we just kept choking them out um right again it, I, it, I called it a very slow death at the top of the show like it was i mean at no point until the actual like final drive and final whistle was i like okay we we are going to win like i, I wouldn't let myself think that you know um because yeah they at the end our offense did definitely sputter um and there are reasons for that again i i looked at the I don't know. I, I want to look at the, the tape and kind of see exactly what goes wrong in those final few drives. But I mean, I think it, for the most part, it was pretty obvious that we were just killing clock at that point. Um, but let me, let me just put this in perspective. 
again, just there are literally four things in college football that you can do that are more impressive than going into the horseshoe and winning. Okay. You can win at Brian Denny. You can win a BCS or a New Year's Six Bowl. You can win a playoff game and you can win the national title. Those are about the okay. four stages that are bigger than winning at fucking Ohio State. It's like teams yeah. to, to the statement of going in to the horseshoe and beating Ohio State in this type of fashion in a big non-conference game when they're ranked third in the country. It's mm-hmm. just such a mark of validation for this program. It's like we talked about on the show about how that 2010 Rose Bowl and 2015 national title games were these moments when Ohio State were the big bad team and basically shoved Oregon's face in the dirt and said, you know, you're not at the top tier of this sport. Yeah, and this you're not there the yet. Moment you're not there Oregon yet. Punched yeah. back. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I mean, I, I still think this is a really good Ohio State team. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see the reaction from kind of the general public uh, because, you know, there, there's always the ignorant people who still have to have like a last word about it. And today it was either like, oh, we already saw this story. Like they can, they're going to come back and be in the playoff. And some of them were like, uh, but the, there was another contingent of like, oh my God, the Buckeyes are fraudulent. Like they're going to be terrible this year and stuff like this. So I think it is definitely worth keeping an eye on these guys for the rest of the year. I mean, no matter I, what, like do not let that take away from the fact that, <laughs> I mean, if their season goes downhill, we are the motherfuckers that ruined it. Um, right. We are the ones who came in with, when they had that three next to their name and, uh, and beat their asses. But, and um, I mean, even like, honestly, I think the thing about this one, I mean, it's called trouble. Anything can happen. Right. And, and like you said, if it does go downhill, Oregon deserves a lot of credit for that. But I mean, I think this win is only going to look better because I think CJ Stroud's going to, going to become better. And I mean, Wilson and Alave looked legit today, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Smith They're and both. Jigba, I mean, that dude looked like he can float. Yeah. Yeah. They all can. Literally all of them can. Like they're all yeah. really fucking good. Um like I'm sorry, but I don't That was it was just a high quality game going on. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could point to like some quarterback stuff that that wasn't obviously at an NFL level, but like I mean, in terms of college football, like this is this was a top tier game. Yeah, um, I mean, Stroud missed a couple of big time throws, but those are yeah. like in the biggest pressure situation. Like you, and it wasn't throw like they were wide and, open. I mean, they yeah. might have had half a step on us, but they were not right. wide open by any means. I mean, right. the only way you can not call this like the highest level of college football is maybe if you're like throwing Bama into the mix. But Bama. if we're being honest, like Bama's on a whole different plane. Right. And that Georgia Clemson game was entirely different, but that was played at a really high level, arguably higher than this one too. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, like it's fucking Ohio state, you know, man. Um, Huge for us, obviously huge for the pack. Um, Yeah. Real quick. uh, I want to hit, I mean, I want to hit some other pack games uh, at some point 
do you want to kind of maybe we want to wrap up Ohio State talk for now and uh, maybe talk about some other stuff that's going on today or what? Yeah, yeah, I would just say kind of like, you know, just in context, just the Ohio State brand for recruiting all of that. Oh, dude, just the Marco, the Marco quote at the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> it just awesome. means so yeah. much. Like, we're not saying, obviously, this isn't like, both of us have watched Oregon under Chip Kelly. And we've, even though we weren't alive for all of it, we've done our research about the Joey Harrington days and, and all of that, you know, and yeah, Oregon's won big games before when, you know, Colorado in the Fiesta Bowl, that was a damn good team. The Wisconsin Rose Bowls we won were big. The Kansas State Fiesta Bowl, Kansas State was good that year. We beat Stanford teams that are great. But, and maybe these Ohio State teams aren't that much better than those teams in the grand scheme of things. But the fucking brand name of Ohio State yeah. is so, is it's the biggest, one of the biggest brands in the entire sport. Like we said, it's them, Alabama. And maybe Texas, who's been dead for two decades. Yeah, like, and I'm regretting betting on them as we speak because <laughs> live update, they're still losing to Arkansas. Like, they got yeah. shut out at halftime. Um, but, yeah, man, like, again, I, I don't think I fully understood uh, the magnitude of the Michigan win. Um, right. Because I was seven years old. Um, and they also, like, kind of bombed it that season obviously they had already lost to app state and that win still right. overshadows our win even though we blew the brakes off those guys with dixon right. um but yeah i mean I, I think what you're gearing up to say is like this is the biggest like regular season win ever maybe potentially i think we have to see how the season shakes out but yeah i mean yeah I, you know i just i don't want to be victim you know, fall victim to the moment. And I think I do need a little bit of time just to. Yeah, we'll we'll see how the season shakes out, but don't be surprised how to season... see that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's just so, so massive. And just the, I mean, to, you know, to do it in the Oregon, it's new age Oregon. It's more physical. It's, it's a bit different than the Chip Kelly wage, but still coming in the all white uniforms with the helmets like mm-hmm. oh dude those look so clean and okay all I, of all of that plays into it you know that's what Oregon yeah. is and to have this like that's what Georgia's been looking for for a while I mean Georgia's done a lot under Kirby but like Clemson it's a little different than getting the Clemson win but it's a similar thing like this is a huge signature win that Cristobal can advertise and this program can advertise like for years to come that they actually went into Ohio state and won like that, who the, who outside of Bama can talk <laughs> shit to you after you win at Ohio state. I mean, my dog is trying to, but unsuccessfully. <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear that, but that's been going on the entire episode. Um, no, I can't, I can't hear it really. At least. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, my parents puppy is in heat right now. It's a, it's an experience. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we don't have to project what, even though I just did this, like we don't have to project what this might mean in the future. We don't even have to project the rest of the season. That's something we can do next Tuesday when we have hopefully a little more injury information. And like, even, even after the Stony Brook game, honestly, I I think we can hold it till then. Um, (laughs) Cause, cause we're pretty banged up, but 
just enjoy today. Like enjoy this moment. I mean, I know you were watching with some friends, like we had some people over here. Um, it just felt great to like, I don't know. It, and I mean, I don't know about you, but this is kind of the first game where it felt normal to be watching football again, even, even though I yeah. was in my own home, like, I don't know, just having people over, having that Oregon community, like having the moms ask you questions the entire game. <laughs> it's awesome. I live for that shit, man. Like, yeah, this is football. Like this is what it's supposed to be. Um, and dude, I mean, there's so many re like Ohio state packed house again. Like there's so many reasons for Oregon to fold in, fold over into this game. And again, I feel like our, also, like another thing is on our Tuesday episode, you know, I think we were even more positive than we both of us ended up feeling as game yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Came <laughs> I to, think I said at the know. end of the episode, like I've talked, we've talked ourselves into like believing in this. Um, right. And I think we tried to put some of those pieces together. But let's be honest, like I haven't gone into a game expecting Oregon to lose as bad as I thought they could this game. I literally, yeah, yeah. And maybe like, ever. Yeah, maybe ever. In, in a big game, mind you. Because obviously, like, yeah. in 2016 and stuff like that, I mean, you know, you, you kind of expect to lose a little more. But, I mean, yeah, exactly. But even then, like, we never faced an offense that was as explosive as fucking Alave Wilson. Yeah, dude. Jake Swiss Browning had nothing on this shit. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, props to the few uh, Huskies I've seen on Twitter, like, you know, praising us because, yeah, bow down, bitches. Um, oh, you, yeah, you also just got to say, the entire – who else in the Pac-12 could do this for the conference? Nobody. Literally nobody. fucking nobody. Nobody yeah. does what Oregon does for this conference. No one has, outside of USC's Rose Bowl win, which most people don't even remember, has gotten a significant USC's win for the Rose conference Bowl win. in like 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was with Ed O, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was so, oh, so big of a win that, like, they didn't even keep their head coach. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, man. Uh, again, this, this is a game that... I mean, I don't want to get too freaky or anything, but like, no matter what happens, I think it's safe to say this is a game you can tell your like kids about. Um, yeah. Line, oh yeah. Like this my game goes down in Oregon lore. This oh, is hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my dad and I were shooting the shit after the game about this and it's like, there are few, few wins that come close to this in terms of overall magnitude or, I mean, yeah. Uh, even overall, like, uh, we were looking at the stat. It was about like, and this can kind of transition into more conference stuff. Like the last time a Pac-12 team beat like a top five team. Right. Was. On the in, road. It was Arizona State, I think, in like the 90s. Um, with like Pat Tillman. Like. I saw, I thought they saw, they showed during the, the broadcast that Stanford won on the road at, at Notre Dame in the 80s maybe, but maybe. Arizona State applies too. I don't know. I think it was Arizona State over Nebraska um, mm. in the '90s, but yeah, I I don't I didn't hear what exactly they were saying. I was kind of confused as to why they were showing it in the first place. I mean, I, I could kind of guess, but I couldn't hear the context. Um, either way, man, I mean, shit, it's it's been quite a while. Um, 
and the Pac-12 has really shown out today on all levels. I was, I'm very impressed. Uh, I, Hell the yeah. Huskies game just started, so I don't really know how to speak on that yet. Um, but dude, I, I don't know about you, but I kept, I kept uh, Channel 12 on, on Big Fox. Uh, yep. To see, to see little Colorado almost do the unthinkable against big bad A and M, um, and mind you, this is like let's just put this in perspective. Yes, I know A and M were missing their starting QB like basically all game, but he was in competition with this other dude for the entire offseason. Like they're supposed to be pretty close. Uh, like Colorado's for real, man. I mean, that's supposed yeah. to be the the second worst team in the South that just competed with a supposedly top five A&M team who's yep. projected to win or compete for the SEC West. Like what? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's unthinkable, man. So yeah, props to Colorado. They did really well. Uh, props even to though Colorado. They, even though they couldn't pull it off, like A&M fans know they got by by the skin of their teeth in that one. Um, yeah. That's fucking awesome for Colorado to go out and do that. But Cal covers against TCU. That was a game where, like, Cal very easily could have sent this into overtime, man. I don't know if you watched this, but, like. Um, no, I didn't get a chance to watch the end of it. Dude, it was like a, it was kind of like a Helfrich situation where they were down by two touchdowns. and Or maybe it was one at the time. Either way, uh, they kick an extra point, but there's a penalty on TCU. So they, they you know, inch it closer. And they're like, okay, screw it. We're going to go for two now. And they missed it by like an inch. It was very, very close. Uh, oh, wow. And so then they needed eight to tie it. Um, and they get a touchdown and they needed a two-point a two conversion to tie it up at the end. And they missed it again. Mm. Um, but they gave TCU quite the scare. Again, TCU is like trendy pick to win the Big 12 or at least yeah. part of the title game there. I think that's pretty much more solidified when Iowa beat the crap out of Iowa State. Um and I know the score was kind of close, but in, in that matchup, that's, that's beating the crap out of somebody. Um, right. What else? Uh, I'm not – the last I checked, Wazoo was tied with Portland State. But honestly, like, I don't even really count Wazoo. It's like a no, team we need to keep an eye on for perception. Um, okay, okay. They're uh, up 37-10 in the fourth. Okay. Honestly, I'm kind of rooting against Rolo at this point as well. Yeah. yeah um, we no, got USC enough. Stanford coming up later. That could be important. It's, but it's all, gonna be the little games, like if Arizona could beat SDSU, maybe that helps. But the but damage is done in terms of national right. perception. Um, right. We talked the UCLA about UCLA game last week. Would be. And yeah. yeah, the UCLA game, huge. Texas A and M, Colorado. You, I mean, all you do you here is you just stake your fork in a few of these conferences where I mean, you know, Colorado hurts. Yeah, A and M. Cal with TCU. If TCU goes on and is good, Cal is 0-2 right now. Like, they're – yeah, they could not be good. You know, they pro- – Oregon probably has a pretty good chance against them, um, as does, yeah. I think, a co- few teams in the North, depending how the North shakes out, I guess. But in the, the North is going to be general. bloodbath this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, I mean, then the big one just uh, – you know, I don't want to talk playoff right now, but – that Oregon over Ohio State, just regardless of playoff, is just such a big chip for the conference yeah. debate. Yep. Just having 
you go up against the best brand, you know, the biggest brand and probably the best team in the Big Ten. I still think they are. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, until we see something else. Maybe not easily, but yeah. Um, yeah. And win that game at their house without your two or two of your, you know, top three or four defensive players. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is so huge for this entire conference perception. Yep. And again, we, by the time you're listening to this, you'll know the result of Washington, Michigan. Um, as it stands, it's 3 0 Michigan at the end of the first quarter, and the Huskies have the ball. So, you know, it seems like they're holding their own so far. Um, but who, who even cares? Like the damage is done, like you said. I mean, exactly. If Washington yeah, dude, flames it out. It's about Washington at this point. Like, yeah, bro, I was, I was rooting so hard for the Buffs in that game. Like Colorado yeah, in general is like one of, I think one of the most likable Pac-12 opponents or just team programs in general from, from like an Oregon fans perspective. Like, yeah, obviously you kind of have rivalries with all the North teams. Like Good. Colorado and is some of the like, historic cool. South teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, the newbies, Utah, we've had some, you know, bad spurts with them. Right. Um, but Colorado is just very likable, man. Uh, a lot of, a lot well, of, um, a lot of Portland kids choose to go to Buffalo or Boulder. That's the second time I've done that today where I call it Buffalo. Um, Both my parents are buffs. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My dad I heard there's a new Ralphie as well, so that's fun. Yeah. They just – they got, like, solid traditions there, you know? Um, no, I always – I always root for Colorado, though. I mean, I, I back yeah, the man. pack a bit in general. I'll admit I'm, I'm oh, a bit on that side. Um but Colorado probably is one of my favorites, especially that I'd root for regardless. Yeah, definitely. They're just pretty likable. They're kind of there's some there's some Boulder Eugene similarities, and um, they got that classic just, black and gold. They just look yeah. good to watch, you know. Ralphie's yeah. awesome. Can't hate how on can, Colorado, man. How can you hate on Colorado? They played their asses off today. Like hats off. I mean, again, A yeah. and M barely won that game. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That is so awesome for them to hold A and M to ten, and yeah, man. You know, even with so, a backup quarterback, who cares? It's fucking yeah, dude. If you're a top five team, they're they're supposed to be exactly you know, getting so, a push on every play. So we can start counting now of like who's gonna who we're gonna leap. Um, I know I was talking with this about some friends right after the game. I I don't think it's out of the realm to be at five. Um, Notre Dame. Barely oh my beat, god like, tulsa man and, uh toledo can we just soak that in though dude what yeah. a long time it has been i mean i guess oregon finished that rose bowl year at five but like but that doesn't really feel like you're five because it doesn't matter at that point yeah to, we're gonna be in the playoff discussion this year or something like oh man what like Yep. That is going to be such a special feeling to see that digit next to Oregon after these last six years, you know, since. Yeah. And I mean, we all know, listeners, the, we like, all know the story, but we, we know rankings don't matter right now. Like, right. That's OK. But also they kind of do matter. Um, <laughs> uh, like, again, like you said, seeing that digit next to your name really does mean something. Um, yeah. OK. Obviously, Bama and Georgia. I, I'm OK if we don't pass them. Oklahoma, like sure i don't really care uh they're beating the crap out of some tiny school i think we've shown more than oklahoma has so far but also i didn't really watch them 
And Tulane looks looks like a pretty good team, you know. Uh, can we get like a hashtag rank Tulane going so far? That's what I'm saying, bro. We've Tulane had wave. three, yeah. I think three straight years we've gotten votes in the coaches, man. Their ranking <laughs> right is there. coming. <laughs> Tulane is going to be ranked one of these years. Um, let's be honest. Uh, Cincinnati, I think they were scared at some point today. Uh, they were they in a 7 away. 7 game at half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They pulled away against Murray State. Clemson beat like South Carolina State. So, like, we're in, I think it's safe to say we're in that mix in terms of rankings. We're, we're somewhere in the, uh, the Clemson, Cincy, Oklahoma range. Um, yeah. Iowa's going to be up there as well after I their mean, big win. He, here's what I'll say is th- the thing about it. Again, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's we're about to head into week three, and yeah. rankings don't matter at all. But, you know, I'm not going to go out there and pound my fist on the table and, and say I'll put 100 bucks on Oregon blowing out any of these teams that we're talking <laughs> about. But in terms of resume, no one's done what Oregon did at Ohio State except for, like, Bama has it just carrying over and Georgia's win was yeah. big. And then if you want us to talk about Oklahoma, you know, that's one thing. But, I mean, like Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Iowa State, Iowa – or, I mean, not Iowa State, Iowa, though. Um, yeah, man. I don't like, know. Don't, get, don't get it twisted. Like, I, some people <laughs> – this is kind of an irrelevant topic, but, I mean, some people were willing to write off this matchup as, like, not as – important or relevant or like uh like uh what's the word i don't know wouldn't be as good of a game just quality wise as el asico just just think about that for a second like game i know game day like yes there's tv stuff that goes into that right hey hey, i'm looking at you bro i know you're not ever going to listen to this but you you chose that i know you're an iowa state guy that's whatever that's cool i know you like to say the fans choose where you go like you chose to go to go to Ames, Iowa over this. Like, I know a bunch of y'all didn't think this was going to be a game. I, I had those thoughts too. But guess what? I'm not a professional, so it's not my job to think that yeah. way. Um, yeah. There, I mean, I'm not going to hate on it. Like, I, I love the nature of this sport and the fact that national media, at least to some degree, is willing to rally around fucking iowa iowa state yeah like because it's the highest rank like that's all cool with me but don't like tell me you watched these two games and felt like the potential national title contenders were over in iowa because they (laughs) weren't um (laughs) can we uh pour ourselves some shots for big out of conference games early in the season um I was yes. thinking about this last night as I went to bed at like 4 a.m. Um, like, okay, we blew it against Auburn. That was a high-profile early season game. Uh, we've, in the past, we've blown it against LSU in this pretty much same scenario. Um, obviously, yeah. that was a while ago, but, you know, people still remember that kind of stuff. Uh, blew it against – blew it at Nebraska, blew it at Michigan State. Obviously, like <laughs> – we won the home legs of those, but you know, God, dude. like those are two games we should have won, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. 100%. Next year we play at, you know, in Atlanta against the dogs. Like 
you know, it, it, the thought creeped in, into my head. I'm going to be honest of like, how many of these can we take before we just like earn a reputation as like an early season punching bag um, or an early season, like a team that's yep. going to catch that high profile L to start the year. Yep. Um, yep. And, and uh, just that, smash that. I'm so glad I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yep. Um, I had people that's from Georgia you- texting me like during this game, like America's rooting for you. Like, Everyone was taking notice. It felt so nice. You know, you got the yeah, random man. like group chats that I have like a picks group chat. Um, we were just talking about it and it's like, wow, man, like even and the people, people who talk about like, maybe this was more Ohio state collapsing than us doing well. I don't care. They noticed the game and you have to talk about this. Like it's yep. going to be so great to listen to pods this week from around the country and like, hear about this game um from different perspectives so and everyone rallies around you when you're that dog on the road versus top oh yeah team oh yeah and when it's you pull it off yeah. everyone you know whether they had a bet on you that they sprinkled the money line or they're just rooting for someone to get upset so that their team moves up mm-hmm. everyone rallies around that moment and when you win that builds an attachment with with them oh yeah and it also works on that impact is immeasurable in terms of, you know, fan support, TV money, recruiting in the future. Like, all who knows what fucking it's just it's the stuff was that, watching this game today. Exactly, and, it's it's you know, the important stuff is what never gets spoken about. It's the stuff that hides in the back of people's heads for years and years. Yeah, I mean, it's the Baker Mayfield field planting the flag in the O. Like, it's the it's the rubber ducky sitting in the middle of the O after the game. Like, that's awesome. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff is what sticks with people for a while. It's what makes you remember like teams and players and stuff. Um, and just the added the, all the things about Oregon being O and nine versus Ohio state. And just, Oh God, we don't have was, to listen uh, to that bullshit anymore. Yeah, you know, man. like, it, I mean, they had earned it. Like they had the right to say it before, but like, this one day and win erases that stuff, you know, or at least yeah, makes man. it completely changes people's ability to talk about Oregon like that. And teams like Ohio state or any, you know, by association, any of those top teams, except for maybe Bama to talk down on Oregon in that kind of way, you know, yeah, fucking yeah. the way Florida state treated us when they took Willie Taggart, like, yeah, dude. even after we beat them in the Rose Bowl. But like this stuff is after today, like this is such a big win for the program. And make no mistake, it's not like Oregon is disrespected nationally gen- in general. Right. I mean, a lot right. of like real fans and right. which, you know, I, I don't want to say the majority of college fans, but like, well, actually, yeah, probably the majority. They respect that like Oregon's come up and done this throughout the years. Like they respect that we've earned our right to be in a lot of these conversations. Yeah, I mean, people will make fun of jerseys and all that bullshit, but like I mean, when I wear my Mariota jersey in the South, like people notice, you know, they smile at it. They like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, again, I, I had people texting me today from Georgia being like while Georgia was playing a game, mind you, a home game being like hey man like good for you guys like that that's so sick um yeah and again like there's some columnists like i think nicole auerbach for the athletic like had a little blurb about this 
there's some people trying to like paint this in the national narrative and like even bigger than that, like the sport in general narrative of like, Oh, this is good for like the parody of college football as we're, as we, you know, continue through this weird tumultuous time. And it's like, I honestly don't give a fuck about that. (laughs) I I couldn't give a shit who we are playing um, in the playoff. Like, I don't care if it's Bama. I don't care if it's Georgia. I don't care if it's Iowa State. I don't care if it's Iowa. I don't care if it's Cincinnati. Like, I seriously don't, you know. Um, I want what's best for this team and this program. Um, And if you have any doubt about the health of this sport, then I don't know what to tell you, man. because those crowds aren't going anywhere anytime soon. They're not losing interest anytime soon. Uh, and again, this is something that like, even maybe some like, it's, this is the type of game where like, even the more fringe Oregon fans will take notice and it'll help root them in, you know, keep them roped into yep. the, to what's going on in the program for a while. And it, um, yeah, And it's a new statement. I mean, this is when so many fans are interested in the sport. Honestly, a lot of people, sadly, don't don't even watch the Rose Bowl, didn't watch us play Wisconsin. That, yeah, that yeah. sounds sad, but it's true. Yeah. Um, a, a hell of a lot more people don't fucking watch any game that takes place within the Pac-12. Yeah. They'll all. just check ESPN at the end of the day yeah. or, like, see but, it on the bottom line. And be like, oh, so-and-so lost. Like, every, anyone who cared about college football watched or at least – made sure to watch the highlights from Oregon, Ohio state today. I would say watch. Yeah. <laughs> I would say watch. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, dude, it, it just so felt good to be huge. in the spotlight and do something good in the spotlight. Cause again, yeah. lots of times when we have been in the spotlight, it's gone wrong. Um, yeah. It's even a game like Wisconsin where you can walk away from that and be like, you know, on a different day, like Wisconsin would have won that game. Like they might've been the better team there. I don't think you can seriously like sit yourself down and say that Ohio state were the better team after this, because like, no matter what normal argument you would make about that, I mean, Kayvon was out, bro. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And Oregon didn't have any float, any fluke turnovers, nothing. No, no, nothing crazy. Yeah. There was no Stroud didn't play his best, but that's because we dared him to. Yeah, and the biggest thing was that they literally took a, a score before halftime off the board with a holding with a fucking phantom holding penalty in the first yeah. half. Like yeah. that was that was by far the biggest fluke like mistake of the game, or by refing or by a player that that was like out of the ordinary. Yeah, and um, I mean, I I obviously we're homers and everything, but like I genuinely don't think we had any like stupid calls go our way i'm willing to acknowledge when that happens but like i don't think they did some people like yeah it's the type of shit where like if you're and i know you're not uh if you're an ohio state fan in a comment section somewhere like trying to tell me that noah sewell should have been ejected for targeting like you are grasping at straws bro like <laughs> you're gonna yeah. get ratioed every time if you say something like that because it's BS. yeah i mean um right and here's what we're not saying is as as pate does you know here's what, here's we're, what not we're not saying, saying. <laughs> we're not saying that i'm that we'd go out and bet the house on oregon over ohio state oh i stayed the next time they play oh. <laughs> it, it, it it was a good game you know it was yeah, definitely yeah. a good game 
But Oregon today showed up on the field without anything crazy or fluky happening in their way and just outplayed Ohio State for four quarters, point blank, period. That's what happened today. I'm going to have to bring this stat up like every game now or every week because I've I've been using it so much. But what do you think the post-game win percentage was? I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. Like we, it favored us. It favors us. But what do you think the percentage was? Sixty. Seventy-nine, bro. Seventy-nine. God damn. Based on team metrics, yeah. Uh, let me God let me read damn, this description, bro. Measures the win expectancy if the game were to be played again with each team attaining the same stats. Wait, wait. So you're telling me that total yardage isn't a perfect substitute for win expectancy? <laughs> No way. Uh, no, really? That can't be right. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it, we just outplayed oh. them today, outcoached them, outworked them in the trenches. Um, and, yeah. And, again, we're, we're, we're going to deal with more stuff looking forward and stuff on Tuesday. But we outlined this before the hand of the game. I said it. And I said it in the context of once we probably lose at Ohio State, we'll have some time to get up and dust ourselves off. But we have Stony Brook, Arizona, Stanford, bye week, Cal. Yep. Love that that for the injuries. Played TCU well today, but I mean, especially those first three games in bye week. And Cal's at home like on Friday. I'm not super worried about that. Right, right, right. And and plenty of time to discuss all that. But yes, you know, Plenty of time to get healthy, look forward, do all of this shit. Um, yeah, that it's just a great yeah. position for Oregon. Let's. Uh, this I genuinely believe this team is only going to get better as the season goes on. You cannot say that about yeah. every team. Um, They'll get I mean, a lot better when Kayvon's playing. I mean, yeah. do you remember how much better they looked a week ago with Kayvon oh on the field God, versus dude. off? Bro. I like, I don't like, I, I think it's funny how we had like literally one, one quarter of cave on and he like, he had a fucking forced fumble that turned into points instantly for us. Yeah. Like, a strip sack, like on, I mean, how many series did he even play in that first game? Like two, three. I yeah. Don't know. It something was very like that. Few. Something like that um you want to do you have any other big takeaways or let's do mvps before we get going yes thank you um this is not my mvp but this is something that you tweeted out with our account uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what i'm gonna say huh Um, let's go we are the brandon doorless podcast if you're new to the show or semi-new to the show uh we're not joking when we say we've been hyping this dude up like literally since we started this show especially reed um so yeah uh Dorless is the fucking man. Yeah, dude. He's the seeing him get that big hug to Cristobal after the game. Just I love Dorless for so many reasons, as people know, but just him coming to play defensive line for us all the way from Florida, believing in this program, um, just being th- that exact body type that Coach Joe targets. I wrote about this on Scoop Talk. I had people talk about how how Coach Do- Joe's style of recruiting on the defensive line isn't as good as just picking up the higher-rated guys. It was damn good today. And Dorless is the man, former converted basketball player, 
just gets it done. And with yeah. and once Kayvon comes back on the other side, that Dorless is a absolute force, man. And him just emerging at, out of that low ranking, that fine, just out of Florida to come all the way out to the West Coast and step on the scene early, pick up the single-digit number, mm-hmm. and come out again today, come out in the leadership role in the shoe, just him but all these guys, you know, like we said, everyone could have folded. All the fan, all the Ducks fans in their heart of th- hearts at least thought there was a chance that this team was going to fold without Kayvon and Flo. Oh, yeah. And these oh, yeah. dudes just battled, man. Mm-hmm. Totally. Anyways, MVPs. MVPs. Uh, mine's Verone. Verone. Yeah. Man, I love Verone. Period. The end. Like, he was my boy today. Uh, we mentioned the stats earlier. I, I don't want to pull them back up again. I don't want to find them. But um, but just putting on for this team, the leadership, coming down. Yeah, like man. Said, he had such a role with this, the, how pass-heavy they were. Coming down, laying, knowing when to lay those big booms, but not being – not biting Dude, he and was letting something over people. the top. He had at least one or two pass breakups just by smacking dudes. Yep. Um, making athletic plays, you know, even a couple of those passes where it's like, yeah, you might consider that a drop. But if Verone isn't there, if he's not given his yep. everything to make a fraction of a difference on that ball, probably, you know, we probably don't make the play. So it's Verone for me. On offense, it's it's got to be Verdell. But I really want to give flowers to A.B., Cause man, like, yeah, that's kind of the one thing we haven't really addressed yet. Or I guess you did a little bit, but something we haven't mentioned is like, yeah, we're, we're not the most guilty people of this, but I mean, we flat out said last week, he didn't look like QB one, you know, he didn't look in command. He didn't look like he was making the right reads on on every play. Like, right. And he, (laughs) he can shut me up for all I care. Um, He looked exactly how you would want, uh, someone with his skill set and experience to to look today. So the yeah, big, although offensive time, MVP's got to be CJ. His or, poise. Or, sorry, go ahead. His poise. It was like, I mean, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, Uh-oh. but he had that poise like that Hawaiian cool of Mariota, okay. man. Okay. No, yeah. he did. He, he didn't did have not all the make weapons. Any stupid plays today. The poise was there, and you know who? You know who? What other name I'm gonna invoke right here? Jeremiah Masoli, fucking Jesus. lowering the head. Oh yes, yes, thank you. Get first down. I almost forgot about running that. the ball. That is guts, man. In yeah, dude. His ass horse, came to play. Like, even even on like those draw plays, you know, where yep. any other QB is sliding after they get three or four yards. I mean. He was just going for it. He gets the five, six. He, he, when we were in the red zone and we ran that draw play, uh, I want to say it was in like the second quarter. I could be wrong. He wanted the end zone. You could tell. Yep. And he, he was totally swallowed up by the defense. We're like, he wanted it. Um, yep. Yeah, man. The this heart was, by this... AB today was crazy. And that hit. Yeah. Nuts. Um, I mean, this is the entire... Super Bowl kind of, you know, like this is yeah. what he, this is him playing big time college football that he, he didn't get the offers to play legit, you know, coming out of high school and then arriving at Oregon after a year, getting the keys to this offense. This was the game that everyone had circled. And God damn it, 
he went out and led Oregon to a win. Yeah, despite what everyone said, he did that. No way around it. Um, entire offensive line deserves kudos. Yes. Did not allow a sack all day. That in itself Man. is freaking nuts when you consider who Ohio State has at pretty much every position, but especially defensive line. Yeah. I mean, we owned the ground game. Uh, we just pounded their asses. Um, it was <laughs> even not like – even obviously JTT made, made that one tackle for Ohio State, and it's like, boy, do you just want to like get one over on that dude. Uh, no disrespect to him. I'm sure he's a very nice young man or whatever, but like, bro, this could be you. You This could have been your breakout game replacing Kayvon on the edge. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, kudos to the entire offensive line, the receiving core, kudos to them. Uh, everybody really had a good game. So spread out the tight ends, man, the tight ends, bro. With these ceiling blocks, the poles, I want to specifically shout out Ryan walk on the O line with that right pulling from right guard. He was awesome getting out in front half the time. He didn't even have to block anybody on those. Um, because sometimes we were just taking up two guys at once, DJ Johnson, um yep. shout out shout out Maliki Mataval Maliki getting a touchdown yeah dude he was are you kidding well. me in that moment um, even also, even fucking Spencer Webb was like trying on his blocks which is something that like you didn't see last week like yep oh, uh dude. also gotta say like it was heartbreaking to see Cam McCormick go down but yes oh man you know having him battle all the way back and we'll see what happens from here on having the attitude of it about it you know but even afterwards making it into the horseshoe getting on the field and even if that's his big contribution that catch third down against the goal line yeah man, that's a big time play man really who knows how this game ends up without that catch literally like those plays are, are need to be made to win these type of big games. And I think it was tough to have it go down like it did right after it. But also just being able to see him on the field and at least after all this to have him be rewarded with contributing just in that moment and being a part of this huge win for the program was at least at least nice that he got that. 100%, man. Uh, one of 11 different guys to catch a pass today. Which I mean, we we've we've been begging. That was one of the things we begged for. Yeah. In the last episode, was like, use our use your weapons, man. Um, yeah. And damn it, we did. Um, <laughs> whether it was Devin Williams, uh, either of the running backs catching passes. I mentioned Red and Spencer Webb, Troy Franklin, Hudson, Johnson, Matavao, McCormick, Ferguson. All those guys caught passes. Um, yeah, man. Just huge. Everybody stepped up. Is your game ball CJ or your offensive uh, MVP? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm right by with you. I mean, AB was awesome. I I guess if we have the podcast wide, like we each give one. If you're giving yours to CJ, I have to give mine to AB. I was gonna say the same thing, man. If you want, you CJ, know, you can have. You know what? Yeah, just <laughs> those are our collective MVPs, AB and CJ. But also, um, I got to say my two cents about CJ because yes. what a big game from him. For everything that people have said about the younger running backs and all that, man, CJ stepped up for this program in 2018 when we didn't have another – when we didn't have a, this whole 
you know, big uh, stable of talented young backs. And he's just worked his ass off. And that dude runs hard with some serious passion, even if he doesn't find every hole or make the same cuts in space that some people do, or even if he almost got chased down on that 77 yarder. Yeah. Yeah. What a game just to keep taking carries, get those edges. Just he, someone has to run for all those yards, man. Someone has to do it. And whatever you want to say, he went out and got, 161 on the ground 34 more in the receiving game and three tds like yeah dude what huge performance every time he was in that end zone waving to the ohio state crowd i couldn't i mean it was tough not to smile even with all the stress i was feeling it was tough not to smile just about our C.J. Verdell, the dude who stepped up for us in 2018 and has had these big moments, but making it onto the big stage for us, Ohio State, delivering yep. performance like and this. And getting and the headlining performance. He's the, yep. guy, he's the guy that makes it into the national lead when they talk about this game. Um, Hell yeah, and he deserves it, man. 100%, yeah. Um, Die also had a great game. Um, yeah. Again, when he when it's your turn, like step up and do what you got to do, and he did. Selfless, die so selfless, man. He stepped up so many times last year. We didn't need everything from him in this game, but like you said, when his when his number was called, he was there. No, no ego about him at all. No gloves on his hands. Just get that ball. Put a little yeah. wiggle, jump cut through the hole get those yards and keep on going, man. Yeah, dude. Um, oh, geez. I, I, I'm kind of, I'm like running out of things to say. Like I, I'm not mad at any single performance and I definitely can't say that about every win. Um, right. Defense. You said, you said Barone for yours. Yeah. It's gotta be Barone for me. Yeah. I mean, same, same deal. If you hadn't said Barone, I'm there. Noah, we talked about before. Yeah. I'm gonna just shout out Braden Swinson with my with my defensive yeah. MVP because when he finally got home on that sack, man, that was that was awesome. Yep. The feeling when he finally got home, like after this whole time when neither defensive line could get home for so long. And Swinson was the dude who kept on trying, kept on trying, and finally got home, right, you know, to put him in that position where Stroud ended up having to force the interception that kind of put it all on ice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that was – I mean, that was the moment when I think this defense really got some more confidence. You think – you look at it, um, you know, they're on – they have just crossed midfield. And with a first yeah. and 10 on that play. Yeah. Three and a half minutes left. I'm going to be honest. They look like they have a good shot of scoring the ball at that point. Oh, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I mentioned I was sweating the whole time. I was really sweating. <laughs> yeah. On this drive. And, and Swinson, that's the play that I think gave this Oregon defense a moment to gather themselves and just be like, okay. Right here. We just have to shut them down right here on this set of downs. Like, 
second mm-hmm. and 18. Now this is our opportunity to actually take a breath and have an advantage to force them to make, to beat us. And then Garrett Wilson drop and then, and then our incompletion. And then uh, we all know, you know, put some pressure in <laughs> CJ's face. He, he sails the ball a little bit and Verone with the toy, t- with the toe tap run, run to the other corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. And oh, it felt so it was, good. And this was a moment yeah. too, where um, I finally allowed myself to not, not like accept that we would win or buy into it or anything, but uh, I allowed myself to think like an Ohio state fan because like, and someone I was watching with pointed this out, like you can see the faces of the Ohio of the team bench for Ohio state as Verone makes the pick right in front of them. And it's yeah. just like, Oh no. Like, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> it's real bad now. Like the, these points aren't messing around. Like, we are in deep shit. And that, that gave me some reprieve towards the end. Um, I was still obviously like stressed as hell, but um, that definitely loosened some of the uh, tightness I was holding on to. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, sick, dude. Uh, <laughs> I I still can't believe this. If it me too, yeah. me neither. I I'm gonna like it. It's just one of those few times where, uh, it's a game that was so good and so important that all you want to do is just sit around and like absorb as much of it as you can. Like you want to see the same highlights over and over. You want to read the same article over and over from different yep. people. Like you want to just keep scrolling through Twitter and finding like anything with green and yellow on it and liking it. Like yeah, I don't know. I, personally i'm gonna go sit my ass down and watch the huskies lose um because they're already down 10-0 michigan has the ball again in the second quarter so um yeah man you want to do this again on tuesday (laughs) yep let's do it again tuesday dude all right all right bro what a day man go ducks historic day go ducks